Welcome to another episode of the I'd Rather Be in Paris podcast. I'm your host, Juan Ulloa. In this episode, we'll meet Canadian expat, April Pett. Okay, well, welcome to um, I'd Rather Be in Paris. Uh, yes, you are officially, you're officially the, first, uh, the first guest on the show. I'm so excited about that. Thanks for having me. <laughs> it, it's, it's my pleasure. Um, by way of background, um, you and I met last year we sure uh, when, yeah. when I signed up for a tour of yours. Uh, yeah, a gourmet tour. That's right. That was a lot of fun. It was. My wife, my wife and daughter still talk about it. <laughs> uh, those oysters we had. I, I still think about those all the time. Honestly, they... Um, <laughs> I've had oysters since and unfortunately have been let down. Let's put it that oh, way. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it, it's, 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 it's not the same. They tasted so much better over there. Um, thanks for coming on. I, you know, the, um, the idea behind the podcast is that we want to reach out to individuals who are considering an expat life. And I think the, the one commonality for me is that whether you're 20 or 50 or 80, the idea of moving to another country, it, it's pretty daunting. Oh, um, definitely, of course. I mean, and, and that's something, as you know, that that I'm considering and, and my family's considering. Mm-hmm. Um, and the podcast is a way for me to chronicle the journey, but also try to tap into individuals who've already done it yes. <laughs> and av- avoid some of the mistakes that they've made, possibly. Um, <laughs> so you're Canadian, correct? I am. I am Canadian, yes. My city is five minutes away from uh, Niagara Falls, Canadian side, of course. It's called Thorold. It's in Ontario, just this tiny little place, 20,000 people or so live in Thorold. So you didn't go directly to France? No. Take a little detour, so to speak. So, um... Well, I've been pretty much traveling my whole life. My background is Italian. So growing up, I did go to Italy quite a few times. So I've traveled around Europe a little bit. Um, My degree is in French and Italian. And so after my studies, I traveled around a little bit. And then I kind of got comfortable and settled in the nine to five job back home in Niagara. And then after three and a half years of working that corporate job and being quite settled with a house and a boyfriend, I decided one day to just get up and leave it all. And I went to Australia because that was a a dream of mine that I've had, you know, for many years. And so I decided to head down under and I mean, it was such a wonderful two years, so many great experiences and the weather's great, of course, in Australia. But when I was there, um, I, I, I lost all, all of my French that I had spent all those years fine tuning. So that's kind of how I got to France in a nutshell. <laughs> <laughs> I wanted to, to come back to France and, um, and perfect my French once again. Well, that's the best way to do it. That's for I sure. Well, the best way to learn a, a language, if you ask me, is if you're immersed in the culture. Yeah, and and I think when we met, I think I had mentioned to you that you know I have two years of, shall we say, subpar French, high school French, yeah. but it was amazing how much I was able to remember when yeah. I was forced to and remember it. Again, exactly, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> now, um, 
So you make your way to France. Um, now, my understanding is that, well, obviously, since you have an Italian background, mm-hmm. you have an EU passport as well? I do, yes. Okay. So that yes. makes the transition for you a little easier, certainly. A lot easier, I'd say. Many of my expat friends curse me because of this <laughs> reason, <laughs> you know? Yeah. <laughs> I, I've never had to step foot into the prefecture once in my whole journey, so um, or the visa office. So I've been quite lucky. Um, having the EU passport has been quite beneficial. Now, what would you say, um, even though you have the the language under your belt, so to speak, what were your, um, what challenges did you face moving from Canada to Australia? Uh, You know, because obviously you had, obviously the commonality of English um, in Canada and Australia, but then, you know, you're going to a, a little bit more of a foreign country, I guess. Yeah. Um, but what, well, what were the challenges for you? Well, the challenges, I mean, just like for anybody, would be um, leaving friends and family behind. I think that's the most challenging part of, of being an expat and living, you know, one of these expat lives abroad is just, it never gets easier saying goodbye, definitely. I think even... It, it may get harder every time. Just, you know, as family gets older, especially mm-hmm. grandparents, and no matter how many years away, it's always really difficult missing uh, birthdays and, and Christmas sure. and Easter and just those family gatherings, you know. Um, I mean, these days, it's a little bit easier just with having access to social media and FaceTime and cell phones. You know, I did I did a year abroad in my third year of university. And back then, you know, Facebook and and Skype didn't exist really mm-hmm. yet. And so uh, my mom cried every single time we would talk on the phone. Yeah. <laughs> every single time. And these days, you know, she gets a glimpse into my daily life um, every, you know, every day she sees what I'm doing when I'm posting with my tours and even my personal life. So I guess that makes it a little bit uh, easier. I think for Australia, what was more difficult for me was um, just the visa factor, you know, mm-hmm. because I didn't have a, an Aussie passport. Um, so that that was a bit hectic in deciding if I was going to stay or go. And ultimately, um, it wasn't even the visa factor that made me decide to leave and come to France because mm-hmm. I did have an opportunity to stay with a, a visa and the, uh, that I could have worked towards a permanent residency, but I, w- I just wasn't um, doing any job that I was really passionate about. And so, um, so you know, for me going to Australia, that was the mo- most challenging part. But coming to France, I mean, that's a whole other story um, with challenges, you know. <laughs> There's definitely the pros and the cons of the leisurely French way of life. France has this way of kind of capturing people's imagination. And I think a lot of people instinctually kind of romanticize the idea. Yeah. Uh, you know, the, the reality can be very far from the expectation. Um, so, but at the same time, with all her faults, we still love Paris. Oh, okay. <laughs> um, yeah. 
but that's to me that was and that's part of the charm too it's 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 uh the quirkiness the bureaucracy the leisureliness <laughs> that i'm no longer used to uh living in the states but it's amazing how how you learn to adapt if you're willing and you're open to it let's be honest you yeah. have to be open to it. They, they, you got you have to adapt to them they can't adapt to you <laughs> <laughs> that's for sure yeah <laughs> so you've been in, Par in in france how long now uh five and a half years okay so i do like to think of myself as a uh, partially Parisian these days. <laughs> well, you're April in Paris. So. I am April in <laughs> Paris. It's my month as well. That's yeah. right. Exactly. Now, <laughs> that's, you should be celebrating the whole month. I would presume so. Um, I definitely am, one way or another. <laughs> so aside from being an expat, you're, you're a businesswoman. So, yep. so right. how um, did you have... Uh, did you secure employment when arriving to France or was this just something that you kind of, when you landed, you ended up just launching the tour company? Um, no, I, I did secure some employment before arriving because after leaving Australia, I traveled a little bit. Then I went back to Canada and it was Christmas and all of my savings started to dwindle. Mm -hmm. And I thought, I still want to go to France and there's no time like the present. And so I made a profile on a nanny website and I was a jeune fille père or a nanny for my first six months here. So I lived with a family out in um, a little town just next to Versailles and I lived with them and I, you know, worked with them and that gave me really an opportunity to get settled. I came here with 200 Canadian dollars in my back pocket. That's not a lot, especially when you change it to euros. Wow. Yeah. Oh, sure. It never <laughs> is when you change it to euros. And so um, that gave me an opportunity, yeah, to kind of find my feet, find a job, find an apartment, and uh, brush up on the language skills. And so after working with this family for a few months, then I found a job working with an American tour company here in Paris, and mm. and I worked with them for for a good year, and um, during the winter months they kept me on when everyone else kind of got laid off because there was no, um, there 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 wasn't such a high demand, you know. Sure. And so at that point, instead of being out on the on the roads and the streets, I was learning the back end of things, which really assisted me in. Um, you know, launch, launching April in Paris tours. And so, yeah, it, it was about a year I worked with them. And then I thought, you know, I'm turning 30. It's time to do something a little bit more significant. And voila, that's when I made the decision to set off on my own. Well, I can attest that uh, what you've put together is is not only unique, but it, honestly, it doesn't feel like a tour. Um, it, it, it feels, honestly, touring with you felt like we were just walking around the city with an old friend that just yeah. happens to live there, which I think is the is 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 honestly just it gave us a uh, a view into daily life, so to speak, um, yeah. which I thought was 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 a lot of fun, and oh, it beats a lot of these others, you know, these kind of point and dictate kind of tours where you're just looking at a facade and they're telling you this person lived here or died here. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Whereas I, here, I, I yeah. hear that quite a bit. I like I like having that. Um, uh, 
you know, that that kind of aura of you're walking around with your old friend. Yeah. <laughs> That's very nice. Thank yeah, you. it's a, it, you're welcome. But, you know, but if it, it feels more intimate, I mean, you have a great personality and you made us feel welcome. Um, you know, for us being in a in a totally foreign city, um, you know, it, 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 it helps us feel more comfortable there. So um, so how many tours do you does the company offer? And so, tell us a little bit about that. Um, so now uh, on my website, which is www.aprilinparistours.com, I offer, I believe there's 18 different tours that I offer now. Mm -hmm. I, I don't personally lead them all, actually. I have partnered up with some really fabulous other guides and chefs, um, and together we, we, we make the magic happen, really. And so I, I, I would say that I do probably about 95% of my own tours. Um, mm -hmm. And then I have a few guides that I work with who will guide uh, different groups through the different museums, like the Louvre and the Dorsey Museum. And then I work with a very fabulous pastry chef who spearheads my sugar crawl and, um, yeah, <laughs> and chocolate tour and baking classes. So there's a little bit for every everyone, really. Well, you're a foodie, so I'm a foodie, yeah. indeed. <laughs> so you're a foodie and you love Paris. So something tells me you just created a business where you're indulging all your loves, which is brilliant. <laughs> this is very true, very true, Juan. <laughs> <laughs> um, now you um, think of it this way: like, let's say you had to do this all over again. Would uh -huh. there be anything that you had to change in terms of just making your way to Paris? Is there anything that you felt you would have done differently? Um, to be to be quite completely honest, no, I don't think so. You know, I I, um, I made the move when I I was quite young and free still. You know, so I didn't have uh, a family or children or a lifelong career to take into consideration, which I know that can prohibit people. You know, those are all huge factors that you have to mm -hmm. take into consideration. And so for me being um, in my 20s, when I decided to leave home, you know, I think it was the perfect time. So really, for, for me, no, I don't think I would change change anything. Fantastic. <laughs> Fantastic. Uh -huh, uh -huh. Great. Well, um, I want to thank you for your time um, and look forward to talking to you soon. Oh, well, thank you. I've, re I've really enjoyed our chat. Great. And uh, don't forget to visit April online. Take a tour. You won't regret it. She's thank fully you. endorsed by us. Yay. Thank you. Well, I <laughs> look you. forward to seeing you back in Paris soon, hopefully, permanently, as an expat. <laughs> From your lips to God's ears. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for joining us for today's episode, brought to you in part thanks to the generous contributions of our Patreon supporters. Before the next episode drops in two weeks, don't forget to visit us online at iratherbeinparis.com, on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. There's unique content being posted on all those platforms. On behalf of everyone here, thank you for listening, and we'll see you in two weeks. Bye-bye.